Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm not a doctor. This Ben Jarofsky Show Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it's Friday, April 24th, 2020, but it's a bonus. It's a podcast. Lord knows when you're listening to this. As I do always with bonus shows, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. I am Monroe Anderson. That's correct. That is correct. It's Monroe Anderson, and it's back. I'm good at this. (laughs) It's not who I am. (laughs) Monroe Monday. Isn't that right, D? Well, I mean, you just said it was Friday. Let's confuse them all. Uh, Yes. (laughs) It's, Let's confuse it's, them all. It's, it's, it's Monday on Friday. Yeah, it's Monday on Friday. But if you're listening to this, who knows what day it is? So it could be Monday. Uh, Monroe Anderson, veteran, legendary Chicago journalist, former press spokesperson for Mayor Eugene Sawyer. He's on both sides of the fight. He's been spinning reporters, and he's been spun by mayoral aides. So he's seen it all, and he is Chicago's most consistent and most vociferous critic of one Donald John Trump. So uh, all your uh, the Trump haters in Chicago love listening to you, Monroe. The Trump lovers in Chicago love debating you, although they're chicken and they don't. Um, they're you know they're ducking and dodging. If they got tired of losing. <laughs> So we have a bunch of things to run through, uh, one of which is a response from one of my friends of the Dem persuasion, uh, who thinks you're a little too optimistic about your predictions that Donald John Trump will lose. Uh, So we'll get to that. Uh, The other is our updates uh, on uh, what Donald Trump has been up to lately. We'll get to all that. Uh, but, But first, I have to ask you this. I just saw a story uh, in the paper or just came across my computer about a rally in Madison, Wisconsin, a thousand or so uh, Trump-loving MAGA hat wearers uh, showed up uh, for a protest, Monroe. A lot of them weren't wearing masks. They were saying they're sick and tired of stay-at-home orders. They want to open up uh, businesses again. They want to get uh, the economy going again. And most of all, they want to stick two middle fingers high in the air to any scientists or doctors who tell them that it's not safe to congregate uh, in large gatherings. And so they congregated in a large gathering. What's your thoughts about this? My my thoughts are, it's too bad the virus doesn't discriminate. 
because they, they could just choose the dummies and send out the herd a little bit. America would be a much smarter place, but it doesn't do it that way. But these these people, what two weeks from now, there will be stories. I can assure you about protesters of sick and dying with the virus that they insist on it saying doesn't exist. Uh, it's just absolutely insanity. You know, you know uh, my wife Joyce um, has had this ongoing theory mm -hmm. that the only way human beings uh, are going to ever uh, unite and not be prejudiced and racist and this and that is if we got invaded by uh, aliens from outer space. And then we'd all realize that we were humans and we had to fight the aliens. <laughs> we right now are facing aliens that are from within. And we're just as divided in this country as ever. Mm. We've got the blue red, the conservatives, the right wingers, the tea baggers, all these people are trying to deny the existence of COVID-19. They're just trying to deny it. It's, it's, it's in their mind, in their insistence, it's a left-wing plot to get Trump. And so far, 50,000 people have died because they want Trump door, I guess. And the number keeps going up and up. And with they're showing up at these, these protests, there's this guy in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, mm -hmm. who was a, 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 a hope person. And um, he just died a couple of weeks ago from the virus that he said did not exist. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just insanity. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I have. Um, I keep saying this every day. I say this. Dennis and I have this conversation uh, as we contemplate doing another show from my attic, overlooking the alley. That I've never lived through anything like this. And when I when I say that, I'm not just talking about the fact that I'm in isolation. That uh, you know, like everybody else here in Chicago, my uh, I'm limited in where I can go and how many people I can congregate with or the need to wear a mask and so forth. I'm not just talking about uh, the fact that thousands and thousands of people are uh, suddenly are out of work and that the government is signing over checks worth um, trillions of dollars, uh, making uh, commitments to try to keep the economy going. I'm not just talking about that. I'm also talking about this, a counterattack um, from a large and seemingly growing group of people who are insistent on defying what all the experts are telling them. Right. What all the medical experts are telling You cannot find a person in the field of, of infectious diseases who will argue that it's safe at this moment to gather in a large group without masks, without any protection. Right. 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 Now, and these people, and, and as sure as the sun's going to rise tomorrow, about two weeks from now, you're going to have illnesses and death among these people. 
And um, at that point, they will wake up to the fact that this is real. And you know, and, and, and you have these like the governor of um, Florida is is um, now going to open up the state again. He wants to open up the state businesses. And, and, and the mayor of um, Las Vegas, he wants to open up the strip, the Las Vegas strip, and it's for money. But you know, it's a matter of money, or do you go for life? And it, 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 it seems like a no-brainer to me. But to these folks, um, it's not. And by the they, way... They, yeah. No, I say... And by the way, also, another, that happened today, Friday, uh, Friday the 24th of uh, April, is that uh, Governor Brian Kemp, Republican governor of uh, Georgia, opened up uh, the state of Georgia, the first phase. Uh, for one thing, they opened up our barbershops, and uh, beauty bowling parlors, alley. bowling so, so alleys. You, you got some place you can go bowl now. Yeah, well, that's the last <laughs> thing I would want to do right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. You know, uh, I, I, they tell you, okay, safe distancing, six feet, and you can't get your hair cut. You can't go to a tattoo parlor and get a tattoo and have somebody six feet away that's performing the service. So it just is automatically breaking the law. And the people who are going to have these services done are putting their lives at risk. And the people who are performing the services are putting their lives at risk. And 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 the, the virus is growing. That's the nature of 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 a of, of pandemic is it keeps growing exponentially. Mm -hmm. What we've managed to do with our um, sheltering in place is not give the virus an easy way to, to, to transmit from one human to another. But they're, they're in, the, in the process of reversing that. And so we're going to get tight in places. And what role and, do you say Trump plays in all this? In oh, terms, he is the ahead. villain. You know, if, it, if this were a soap opera instead of a tragedy, he'd be the guy with the curly mustache. So the end's curled down. I mean, he initially, he refused to accept that it was going on at all. It was a hoax by the Democrats to make him look bad. And um, as the, the death started multiplying, and after his, his, his expert, um, Salshi and Burke, told him that um, their projection was that it would be somewhere between um, 1.2 and 2 million people dead in this country, he had a wake-up call. And so then he sort of, kind of, almost, except the idea that this was serious and that he ought to um, act like a leader. That's when he started holding his fake um, news conferences where he promotes himself. We're still waiting on him to show sympathy or empathy for the 
10,000 who have died, sorry, what is 50,000? The 50,000 Americans who have died in the past nine weeks are the tens of thousands who are ill, have gone through the, the, the illness. He is not he is not related to that at all. He just it, it's just a, a, a statistic to him, and a, and a political problem. He's worried about getting reelected, which is crazy, because he's not getting reelected. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the political fallout. Let's shift to well, no. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Trump and his performance at his briefing, uh, and uh, I have to ask you about uh, uh, his comments about uh, disinfectants. And uh, yesterday, that was a pretty extraordinary moment in presidential briefings and press conferences. It was this sort of a stream of conscious riff uh, that Donald Trump went on where he was, uh, <laughs> he, was he was suggesting, he was advising... Uh, uh, Americans that it might be in their best interest uh, to combat the virus with a disinfectant, which uh, was one of the most preposterous things I've ever heard. He's sim- he has since uh, Monroe said he was being sarcastic. Do you think he was being sarcastic? No, he was being Trump. <laughs> but he shoots from the hip. He 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 he, he is into conspiracy theories and gossip. He's not into facts or research or anything that somebody who's in charge of the country should should be into. And so he just goes off, you know. I mean, he he he, he he's like some some drunk uncle at the Thanksgiving party dinner, and he's 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 horrible. So this is what. Oh, okay. One other thing I, I need to point out. That what he does, he doesn't show up for work until noon. He watches TV, cable TV, all morning long, and gets pissed off at what they're saying on MSNBC and what they're saying on CNN, and even occasionally what they say on Fox about him. He he doesn't he doesn't believe that he's getting enough praise for all the wonderful stuff he's. So he gets angry, and so he he gets to work, and then he he sort of gets to work. I mean, he he's not doing much work. He's doing a lot of TV watching. Okay. Then what he does is he talks to people, and they tell him stories, or he'll read some stuff. He well, he doesn't read it. He'll see some some report on something. So what what happened with yesterday is that. One of the experts said that the virus, you can kill the virus with these uh, disinfectants, uh, bleach, something like that. If you, if you um, fly that to a countertop or you wash off your groceries, you know, the outside of your groceries when you come home. And another thing is the sunshine, direct sun can kill the virus on a hard object. He, Trump, decides that um, the guy is talking about using it any kind of way you want to. So he suggests that we um, inject ourselves with it, mm. which will 
painkillers. They definitely make us very sick. And that those of us, the majority of us, who are intelligent enough to know that it's not a problem. But there are some Trump people out there who are foolish enough to believe what he said. And there will be victims from that. Although they're frantically trying to, to correct the, uh, the, the message from yesterday. Uh, Lysol came out with a statement saying, do not take our product internally. Yeah. But there will, but there will be some, some people. We'll, we'll get news stories on it. All right. Now, uh, let's talk about the, the critique of my friend, uh, the Dems, who say that you're too optimistic in your prediction that uh, Donald Trump will be victorious. Excuse me, that the Democrats will be victorious over Donald Trump. That'll be a tsunami, as you said. And the many uh, right. Dems are very cautious, very nervous. They're still feeling the uh, after effects of 2016. I don't know if they'll ever get over 2016. They're Remy right. Cup fans that always ex- expect that they're going to lose. Uh, right. And uh, no matter what the score is, they the Cubs could be up 10 runs in the ninth inning. They think they're going to lose. Uh, so what's your response to my nervous Nelly Dem friends? First of all, the reality is he didn't get the majority of votes. Hillary did. It, he got 2.7 million votes more than Trump. Popular vote. But in three states, a combination of about 80,000 votes spread among the three states gave him the electoral college advantage. And so by the by the skin of his teeth, he became president. He has never pulled over 50, 50 points, approval points in the polls. In fact, um, with, with, with presidents, when there is a national emergency, as we're involved in right now, the ratings of the president usually go very high because people see him as the leader and we got to back the leader. For example, after 9-11, Bush's ratings were in the 90% percentile. Um, Trump had, had um, approval ratings at, at 60 at one point. Uh, just very shortly, but it's back in its normal range in the 40s. Now, that's just without him screwing up spoils. But this is what this is what he is going to be facing come November. There will be tens, whether well, tens of thousands of Americans dead already. It's going to be um, probably. 100,000 or more by November, or who knows, several hundred thousand dead people. There there will be unemployment, um, a conservative uh, yes projection would be uh, 14, 15%. A horrifying prediction is that it will be 30%. Unemployment. The Great Depression was at 24.9%. Um, 
So that tells you how horrible, what a horrible condition this country is going to be in. Now, if, if Trump had done everything right, and by right, I mean if he hadn't uh, wasted six weeks not dealing, uh, claiming that the whole thing was a hoax, and could come up with excuses as to why not to deal with it, but have gotten on it right away. If he had um, made sure that we were doing the testing and and then that our medical people all had personal protection equipment, so we didn't have to worry about them dying and losing them. If all this had gone and gone well, and so right now, let's say there are only 25,000 Americans dead instead of 50, there's a tendency when, when there's something bad going on, the buck stops at the White House. And because he is so horrible and continues to be horrible at it, the buck is going to is gonna be a hammer, seeing him upside his head. November 3rd. Um, one caveat. Biden point, pointed out, there's a story where Biden says that he wouldn't be surprised if Trump didn't try to delay the November election. All right. And that's not, that's, 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 that's really not crazy to me. I would not be surprised if Trump didn't try to come up with some scheme to um, saying we got a national emergency and therefore we need to postpone the um, the election until things get better, and I got a better chance of winning. Well, okay. So, you see, this is where everything gets overall uh, all over the map, and the uh, messages right. are mixed because uh, at various times during this campaign season, since the virus hit home, uh, Democrats have asked for elections to be postponed. Republicans have asked for elections to be postponed. Republicans oppose postponing elections and Democrats have postponed, uh, have opposed postponing elections. Okay. So in other words, so, no, no, it's not that confusing. It's, it's no, but there's confusing. no one consistent, uh, position adopted by both parties, uh, either party. And right. that's what, no, because the, yeah, no, because the Republicans are going to get cream. I'm still sticking with my my theory. They are going to get creamed in November. So they, if if they can if they can have an excuse not to have an election, they'll go for it. The Democrats, the Republicans, for example, if you look at Wisconsin, Republicans are all all for that election being held because they figure with the 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 virus that the Democrats wouldn't show up. To vote against this uh, state, uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court judge, who, who um, the Republicans wanted. Dan told right Kelly, winger. Danny Kelly. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. So they wanted they wanted that election held, thinking that that would suppress the vote and their guy would get in. Um, Democrats uh, risked their health and lives to show up to vote against Trump. Really, it was it was against this guy, but it really was against Trump. Now the Democrats have been postponing uh, primary elections because they don't want their people dying or at risk of dying. 
trying to vote. Um, the simple solution to all this would be to have mail-in where you wouldn't have to leave the house. You could shelter in place, vote for a candidate of your choice. The Republicans don't want that because they're going to lose yeah. big time. Trump says he doesn't want it because um, the Democrats can steal the vote. And it wouldn't be fair. Although he himself voted by mail. Yeah. No, so tr- it's confusing because half uh, one party wants to keep it as confusing as possible. Yeah, well, here in Illinois, uh, just to remind everybody, uh, J.B. Pritzker pressed for the election to be on March 17th. And uh, there were some people, uh, including people sitting right close to me uh, doing this show, who said, don't do it. And I went out and voted on March 17th. I was scared out of my mind. And, uh, but uh, Pritzker uh, argued that he did not have the authority to uh, extend the uh, election. Let's put that beside us. You're absolutely correct. Uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans are using the notion that there'd be fraud uh, with vote by mail. Um, it, it's a fig leaf to cover up the fact that vote by mail would make it easier for Democrats to vote. And if you make it easier for Democrats to vote, guess what? Republicans will lose. Now, let me get right. your thoughts. Yeah, and that's, what that's, that's what's that's, happening. That's, that's Come the on. truth. Yeah. I, I only listen. I got two issues when it comes to Republicans and the games they play. One is their low down, uh, sneaky games irritate me. But what bothers me even more, Monroe, I got to tell you this, is when they lie, when they cover up, they don't just come out and admit it. Yeah, we're trying to steal the election by keeping you from voting. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. I could actually every now and then they do let the cat out of the bag. You know, like well, McConnell will say something. Well, some, some, yeah, yeah. Right. Some idiot will say something um, either off off the record, not knowing that there's a hot mic around, or they'll say it and, and um, realize they shouldn't have said yeah. it. They admit it's the truth. No, Republicans will do. They are unbelievable. I just sent you an article today. I'm on a roll. I just got to say, I was just shaking my head. Some right-wing reporter, some right-wing writer for the, I think it was the New York Post, I sent it to you was quoting Larry Kramer uh, in regards to Anthony Fauci and uh, the Trump's attitude toward uh, the anti-malaria drug using that against COVID. And he was, and he was quoting Larry Kramer, who's a, a great uh, activist, a gay activist who was leading the charge to force the government to take seriously the AIDS crisis and to uh, allow people to get access to drugs that were in the testing process. And uh, they were using this argument uh, to show that there's some similarities between AIDS and uh, the coronavirus. And I was like, man, how low down can you get? The, the guy who wrote this is probably a kid, a millennial. Right. But, but he is a descendant of the people who fought the hardest to do nothing. I know that sounds weird to fight hard to do nothing, but that's what they did. In the 1980s, as thousands of people died of AIDS, they didn't give a damn right. because, because it was, it was gay it was people. Gay disease. Yeah, it was yeah, the right. Gay. And they, they didn't mind. And, you know, I mean, it's just like right now with the the anti um, stay at home movement that's going on with um, mainly the group involved in this are teabaggers. They've reared their ugly heads again. And uh, white nationalists and and um, other sorts of racists, and they're out there. 
but they're being the rich Republicans, billionaires, are financing this thing across the country. It's another astroturf movement that's going on, and they're financing it uh, because they want to keep their power. And as far as they're concerned, these people are just pawns, and they can be replaced with others. And this is really a sick situation. And, and this country is very screwed up. And uh, at the rate things are going, we, we literally could have a, a second civil war. Wow. And it would be really interesting in the, in the sense of it wouldn't be as geographical as the first one was. You know, be, for example, uh, central Pennsylvania against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's what I think. Or put Downstate it, Illinois against Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> put it in terms of the state that you grew up in, Indiana. Yeah. Who would it be? It would be everybody against Gary. <laughs> right. I just well, they call that the region up there. Gary, Hammond, uh, East Chicago. That's the region. And the rest of the state is like 1950s. Yeah. Still. So, uh. But you know, what's really interesting is though the Republicans are pushing, returning, trying to return to normal, mm-hmm. where people aren't staying at home and everybody's just shopping started back up. 80 some percent of Americans don't want that. And so it's going to be interesting to see in these in, in these places like like Georgia, where you can you can return, forget about it, you can go back. How many people actually do? Because you're putting your life at risk. Yeah. yeah. I uh, the the early reports I saw from Georgia that were I saw an article that said there were long lines of people waiting to get into a shopping mall. We'll see. Uh, that was just one report, initial report. Other uh, elsewhere in the same article. They yeah, con- no, they're they're mixed right now. They're mixed. They're mixed results. Um, uh, some some barber shops and beauty salons have opened up. Other owners have said, "No, we're not going to do it." And I thought it's just it just it depends. And after after we get a spike in those areas where that happens, then they'll close back up again. You know, but it's but innocent people's lives are going to be lost. And you know, and right now the 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 the, uh, the hot spots are nursing homes and and. Both of them are literally petri dishes for the virus. And there are people who work in nursing homes, the people who work in prisons, who are exposed to that and then have to come out and go back into the community. So that's going to create problems. All right, let's... This is just some, we're, we're, we really are in a mess here. No, we are, we are uh, uh, as I said earlier, this... Uh, there's but never been anything like this in my lifetime and you or your lifetime uh, right. in America and, uh, and what you were getting at even if it's not a literal civil war the split 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, but I mean, I, I, I worry about that. I mean, it's, yeah, no, I worry about it because have these people showing up at these pro, let's not stay at home, let's not separate by distance, um, but let's just hang out together and, and, and infect each other. I mean, they're showing up with guns, you know. I mean, uh, what's the purpose of them if they're being armed? You can't shoot the body. Well, what the, so what, they got to just, they have a different mindset. Yeah. And it's not good for anybody. Well, in uh, in their rhetoric, their way of uh, expressing it is the movement to restrict their freedoms, and I'm essentially paraphrasing them, uh, by yeah, right. li- limiting them is akin to the movement to restrict their ability to buy as many guns as they want. So that's the connecting point. So they'll show up at a rally right. with a Trump hat on and a, uh, waving a weapon. And so that's their way right. of saying one, one is one issue is connected to the other. All right, uh, let's uh, move on uh, away from Trump to the man running against Trump, Joe Biden. And yep. uh, a recurring theme in our conversations down through these months is that uh, Bernie Sanders, the man I supported, was uh, too outside of the mainstream to be nominated by the Democratic Party. You were correct in that point. I was wrong. He, uh, Joe Biden was the nominee. Uh, and uh, so I, as a, a Bernie supporter, have been um, trying to figure out uh, where, how far left Joe Biden will come to win over people like me. It's a constant subject of conversation on my show with other Bernie supporters. Uh, you, uh, how do you view it? How do you view Joe Biden's performance uh, in the last couple of weeks since the um, he defeated uh, Sanders, Sanders conceded and supported Biden, uh, and since, of course, he had to go underground because of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, the, the thing is, I am a little bit concerned about Joe not being more aggressive and coming after Trump right now. But on the other hand, I mean, what he has successfully done, which is really important, is he has um, rallied all the troops. He's consolidated his power. And everybody is behind him, except for um, a, a, a few disenchanted Bernie bros. But and hopefully they will come over around too. But he's, he's, you know, all, all the people who ran against him have since come to endorse him. The 20 some people, whatever it is. And he is, the beauty of, of, of the man is he is the exact opposite of Trump. He's, he's low key, he's boring. You're not going to have uh, uh, four dramas a day coming out of out of his White House, and he knows he he, he knows politics. He's patriotic. He's a caring human being. He's he's, he's had a number of, of 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 tragedies in his life, so he's very sympathetic. Unlike Trump, who is not at all. So those are the two characters you're going to have facing each other. Now, the problem um, Bernie Biden has right now is that Trump is the president. He's not. Mm -hmm. So the best Biden can do 
and holding a a a a, a, a conference or anything of the sort is in his basement. And so, you know, you're up on the third floor of your of your castle. Biden's in the basement of his, <laughs> but neither one of you are not going to get any anything approaching yeah. the audience that Trump gets yeah. every day. You know, and if you'll notice, he hired, he holds it right around um, prime time to block out the news, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hoping to block out the news. So instead of people watching the news and finding out what's going on, they get to listen to him and Pence and everybody live for two hours or just short. Yeah. Well, uh, I just, uh, I don't know how well... Uh, Trump's strategy is working. The latest poll I saw front page of the Tribune, it was today, uh, just 28% of Americans say they're regularly uh, getting information from Trump about coronavirus. So he may be holding his press conferences at prime time, but prime time isn't the same thing as it was uh, when you were a lad growing up in Gary and I was a lad growing up in Evanston. Uh, prime time right. is no, a lot no, different. No, right. right. No, it's a lot different. And the thing is, I mean, tr- Trump, Trump's advisors are telling him that you're overdoing it. You ought to let the experts talk, and you ought to just stay home and watch TV or something. But he, he this, these, these conferences, press conferences, have become his rally since he can't have real rallies anymore because of social distance. Yeah. And so he can't have that, so he goes on TV because He's narcissistic, and he wants the attention. And so he figures that he can control this thing. So he goes on, he goes on TV, and it's really an interesting kabuki dance going on in the theater because he he tells lies, he he mis- he, he he distorts facts, and then his experts who are there with him have to figure out some kind of way of saying, well, no, that's not true. Uh, it's just the opposite of that. Without pissing him off, where he will fire them or replace them because they dare to correct his lies. But their job is to inform the people, and that's how they see it. Well, it so is... what's happened is it, the, this whole thing has gotten to be so predictable that um, he's losing ratings now on it being watched, and people know he's lying because people say one thing, and then his experts will correct him when it's their turn when they're questioned, and the and and the reporters are they are getting a lot tougher. They're telling him, "Well, that's not true." What he says. You know, Monroe, that's something, that's something else that uh, I I love to hear your th- thoughts on. I can't recall. Reporters, and I'm not blaming the reporters. I respect the reporters tremendously. I feel as though uh, Donald Trump has put them in his position. But confronting a person in power uh, as right. strongly as they have, you know, right. I've uh, I've watched tough press conferences where people, reporters are barking out questions at the uh, at the people involved. But there's just a defiance in the voice of yeah, the no, because Okay, now if you remember, if, mm-hmm. if you recall, three years ago, um, 
they wouldn't say that he was lying. Yeah. In fact, they would they would say, well, um, Hillary Clinton says it's a great day in Chicago, and Trump says that it's a, the sunniest day he's ever seen in his life. And then and they just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. What what Hillary said, what Trump said, or whoever. But it progressively, I mean, he told seventeen thousand lies so far, or or mistruths, or or um, distortions. Yeah, seventeen thousand. They've been keeping Castor on the Washington Post. So it's gotten to a point now where they just can't they they can't take it anymore. They fact check him on everything. Yeah, and sometimes they fact check him in their questions. Yeah. Or in the in because the tone, he will tell a, a bold-faced lie that they know is a lie, and that they have on tape where he said just the opposite three days ago. And so it, they they become real reporters where they don't let them just slide on these things yeah. anymore. Or or to close where we began, where he says one day. Uh, uh, tried disinfectant, and then the next day says, oh, "I was being sarcastic." You know, if he could, he said he would would have said, "I never said that." But of course, right? Uh, even that would have been t- too much uh, for oh, Trump. Or he, he he said that he knew of the pandemic all along. He, yeah. he he said that it was a pandemic all along, and and um, uh, six five weeks ago, he was still calling it a hoax. Yeah, that it wasn't happening. <clears throat> And there are videos you can get easily online where he he talks about well there've been fifteen deaths in America and it was going to go down and so far it's gone down to fifty uh, fifty thousand. All right, Mon- Monroe Anderson, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, and this podcast will be dropped. On a Monday, so back in the early days of my uh, radio career, Monroe would come on my show uh, every Monday, uh, Monroe Monday. Dennis came up with that from day, name. From, yeah, from day one. From day one. From day one. And uh, so for one brief moment, it will be Monroe Monday again. Thanks a lot, Bye. Monroe. All right. Okay, you take care. That's the great Monroe Anderson. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. All right. One more word.